mythology friends i'm kate i'm jen and i'm the other jen and we're the drunk Drunk mythology Mythology gals (laughs) wait og didn't even say a word i know I was having a peaceful protest. It was a- <laughs> You're not allowed to abstain. Again, I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I was trying to see what other Jim was going to do. If I was not there for her to like work off of. So I, I, I feel incomplete. I know. I Damn feel it. like it was such a deflating moment. <laughs> and and like- see, that that was my offering to Odin by like destroying both of your happiness. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're assuming I had some happiness to destroy. <laughs> you're because right, this week I'm mistake. really fucking pissed off at the Romans. Oh. When aren't you? <laughs> there was Good a time point. back in like 1994 when I was kind of okay with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was it. One brief summer. What? N- not even like half a semester. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm offering. I I had a ham sandwich before. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm in a neutral zone today. We've had work done on the house and. You know, I've been showing you guys progress pictures and um, I don't have anything out- outstanding today, whether positive or negative, for him to appreciate my suffering or, <laughs> you know, to offer up the, the positive in his honor. I got nothing. <laughs> Shit, I've damned us. Yeah, now we know whose you fault have. it's going to be. Yeah, my, my fault. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, I've got um, all of my pain and suffering literally in deep cleaning the living room and kitchen and bedroom over this past weekend. Yeah, you've been sending us progress pictures. Yeah. It's been quite the the overhaul. Yeah. You feeling good about it? Um, Pretty much, yeah. There's like one or two things that are still nagging at me, but... Yeah. You know, one of them being the fact that in order to clean shit out, like everything moves into my study. Mm. And now I'm trying to get rid of things in my study. Well, but it's a staging area for everything else. Well, so you can just do your deep thinking in the bathroom like everyone else. Uh, that's not <laughs> what's happening in the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, not for me. <laughs> anyway, OG. Like I said, I just totally disrupted both of your plans to sabotage me. Yeah. And that's a real Odin move. So Mm -hmm. it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very tricky. Yeah. See, I mean, other than that, just my continual suffering. (laughs) There you go. I finish this. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. in uh, news this week, we have we still have the Fenrir mug, the festive Fenrir mug, and it is stupidly cute. So it is stupidly cute. I he t- has a goddamn candy cane in his mouth, right? 
<laughs> and um, also, I am starting to make my plans for uh, my winter solstice celebration. And yeah. you know, I usually do it with friends and family. And well, the past two years, I uh, well, the pa- last year I did it via video. <laughs> you did, yeah. I right. was there. It, it worked out. Like I think I got most of it on camera. Um. I couldn't tell whether I was in or out of the frame or whatever. And uh, this year will be interesting because, yeah, we'll see. I might have some family here. I might not. But, you know, I want to figure out something to do for our uh, listeners. Yeah. Maybe do a mini solstice. A mini (laughs) stis. But yeah, I'll have more information in on that like after today because my yeah. brain's like mush. So OG and I worked on something this yes. week oh, on Monday. Yeah. I'll let her decide how much detail okay. to share no, I, it. I, I think we could give pretty much a lot of detail. Go mm. for it. <laughs> I don't want to overstep. So <laughs> no. you... It's really a lot of fun because I was just mentioning how, you know, I would like to, for the release of book three, kind of like have a themed drink based off of each character. And Jen did me one better. Like, how about you make multiple drinks for each character? (laughs) (laughs) So you're making a cocktail cookbook. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. As if the Fenrir smoothie book that you guys are planning isn't enough. But, like, I've just been so amazed by, like, what she's coming up with. Like, I want to drink all of them. They sound so good. And I would never, ever come up with these combinations. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Like, yeah, no, I'm really excited about this. That's awesome. Yeah, so I think the plan is to put out one for each character on social media. Mm-hmm. And if you want all the others... Mm-hmm. It'll be a little mini booklet of some sort. I don't, I don't know what format it'll go into, but we'll we'll figure all that out. I love Ho- that. That's hopefully awesome. hopefully both ebook and print. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, then the, then we'll have to test them. See, that's right. where it gets more fun. Yeah, yeah. and dangerous. Well, I don't know, OG. I don't know if you're allowed to go near alcohol. <laughs> I I will do it for Fenrir. Okay. Okay. But it better happen near a microphone, I'm just saying. Okay. Could be a Patreon episode. Well, there we go. We'll do test. like a, a mixology. Oh my God. Yeah. Do a live testing, like taste testing, where we there all we make go. like like one of the drinks. Oh, or I love more. Yeah. Or Depending more. on yeah. the ingredients, like some of us probably have some of them. Some of us have others like we can I, all right i have i have none of them <laughs> well you'll just look like the little um i mean i i will buy them you, i yeah. have jack and i have captain morgan but well you can just go in and get like the cheapo nips <laughs> oh gosh no ma'am, if i'm doing this i'm gonna do it right ma'am there are other ways to solve your problems. You don't need to buy all 15 varieties. <laughs> but it, it has been fun. Like, I love my advice to Jen. Like, when she's like, well, what, how should this be? And I'm like, just imagine the character if they were liquefied. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she said. 
Imagine if you put the character in a blender. Okay, now it. all I can think of is the basomatic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so on that note. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, they, there will be solstice. There will be cocktails. There will yep. be plum pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, on the idea of bass bringing it back to the ocean, it sort of, in a roundabout way, brings us to what we're going to talk about this week. Uh-oh. Yeah. We've got one more week of November, but after this. But seriously, I am out of ideas. I have stretched all I can including with this week's episode about the voyage of Pythias the Greek to the Tin Islands, or what we call today the United Kingdom. Okay. Okay. And it's, I know, technically they're not Vikings, but the Vikings like to plunder them a lot. So it's kind of like meeting in the middle. Sure. And ancient Anglo-Saxon culture was probably closer to ancient Nordic culture than... Hellenistic and Mediterranean cultures. Oh, come on. Work with me here. You got me on the I this uh, is all over my head. Okay. Every bit of it, this. It's basically just yeah. think of a big map of Europe and that's what we're <laughs> gonna be talking about because this episode has ancient Frenchmen lost books, icebergs, and so much more. Oh boy. So it's appropriate. I pulled out the vodka today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I I went with a um a North Carolina vodka today. I've mentioned mm. this one before. Method and Standard has that nice botanical flavor tone to it. I love this one. Yeah. Because we have nice. a beautiful day outside. And I was just like, yeah, this is the one that seems to fit today. Mm-hmm. So Excellent. how about you guys? I have my tepid water that's been nicely filtered. All of like the alligator piss out of the swamp water <laughs> oh that we have God. here in Florida. I mean, I'm sure it gives a nice little tang in there that I'm maybe going to be picking up. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm enjoying. Okay. Wow. Well, I, I had to compete with with Jen's like great description of her drink. I'm drinking Irish Irish tea. I bought this tea in Ireland, and uh, two years ago, and it's like literally the tea that they sell in the grocery store it's like not the fancy pants stuff it's like what everybody drinks five times okay. a day so right. it's it's like the real deal so like i need to if be you impressed. want a cuppa this is what yeah you okay. got so i'm drinking that with a little bit of milk and because it's um it's not too cold outside but anytime the temperature drops below 75 the house because <clears throat> the plaster is so thick it's like oh well, we'll just insulate everything so inside it's going to be 62 degrees. Yeah, that's what it's like here. It becomes like a castle. Yeah, it's like freezing. So anyway, I'm drinking tea to stay warm in my study because it has north windows and I can't run the heater. I'll be honest, when you said you're drinking Irish Irish tea, I thought it was Irish tea like that you put in Irish Whiskey. whiskey in. Yeah, that's no, what I, I wish thought. it was. I'm a little disappointed in you. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you're going to want me relatively sober for this episode. Do we? Do we really? <laughs> yeah, you do. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to get into ancient weights and measures. 
Oh gosh. Oh, I'm just gonna cut you off. So do there not drink go. and drive. <laughs> Cars, <laughs> chariots, eight-legged horses, the metric system. <laughs> Two-year-old, I'm sure, expired tea bags from Ireland. <laughs> that shit never goes bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, what the fuck? Whatever. Let's get started. A long time ago when the world was young. So I uh, came up with the idea for this episode because I actually bought a book at my favorite used bookstore in uh, Lakewood Village, uh, just down the road from me. And it was called The Voyage of Pythias the Greek. And it's by um, Barry Cunliffe, who's a really, uh, he's like a giant of a figure in um, ancient uh, history, like uh, the ancient, everything from the ancient Mediterranean all the way. He really specializes in like ancient Britain and ancient Celtic uh, history. And I mean, his writing is fabulous. It's so much fun. But then once I started reading it, I kind of uh, was Fell like- Fell asleep? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Like I had to stop reading it at night because I'm like, it's two hours and I still am not asleep. Oh. Yeah. Like okay. that sort of thing should put me to sleep, but no, no, it doesn't. Because I'm like, oh, knowledge, exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I just started discovering a whole lot more interesting stuff and yeah. Anyway, so let's start with who was Pythias. Yeah. He, he was actually known as Pythias of Massalia or Massilia, two ways of spelling it. And what the fuck is Massalia? It's ancient Marseille. Like you France. mean it's not an Italian chicken dish? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it, it's not chicken of marsala <laughs> that's what my brain's hearing <laughs> yeah me too i think masala like uh, masala spice but yeah no masalia or masilia is ancient marseille and apparently like it was a hopping place back in 350 by 500 to 350 bce because um the greeks had colonized it and so we know that Pythias was born around 350 BCE, and he probably died around 285-ish BCE, so respectable mid-60s, which isn't okay. bad for that period of time. Right. Um, he made his famous voyage when he was about 25, so around 325, 320 BCE. And he was known as a geographer and astronomer. And honestly, he was a pretty ballsy dude because he took major risks with these explorations. Like, you know, you can like sit down Columbus. Pythias did it first. He literally oh. sailed to the end of the world. Okay. And, you know. You say literally. Literally. What they thought was it, the end like, of the world. Okay. Okay, well, so they, not like well, the actual end of the world. Right. Exactly. No, he didn't sail over the edge. So so figuratively. There you go. The, 
figurative, but literally in terms of the limit of knowledge. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I think we're in a stalemate. I'm, yeah, I'm still not on board with that because Mexican standoff. No matter, no matter how far he keeps sailing, there's still something ahead of him. True. He never reaches an end. Even if the dude mistakenly is going around in a circle chasing his tail, but doesn't know it, he still never reaches an end. But he the, sailed beyond the edge of the known map. The known, okay. That, see, that phrasing there is, is a little bit better. Oh my god, fucking yeah. Ravenclaws. <laughs> I love how long we spent on that. Oh my god, really? So, look, I know we don't really have to care about Pythias. On the other hand, this is what I've got for Greek Norsevember, so suck it. Um, <laughs> and like I said, Pythias is literally the first recorded Greek to make it as far north, not only to the Tin Islands, which is what England, Scotland, Ireland were kind of called, but he also encountered the Germanic peoples and he made it to the motherfucking Arctic Circle. What? I'm sure yeah. he regretted that. Like, I think okay. he did actually. He hmm. also introduced to us the idea of the region of Thule, and okay. more on that in a bit because actually that turns out to be one of the really cool bits here. He also uh, was one of the earliest to record ebb and flow of tides and correlate it to the moon cycle. He also did some latitudes and sun height measurement stuff, but that's math, so whatever. He also wrote <laughs> a best-selling book about his explorations that was famous for centuries. So what have you done with your life? What's his Amazon ranking? <laughs> he doesn't need a stinking Amazon ranking. He had an Alexandrian ranking. OG hit number one for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did he hit number one for five seconds? <laughs> yeah, otherwise I'm not impressed. Right? <laughs> well, so remember how we talked about that one Norse myth or that like there's a lost book of Norse mythology? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. th there was an episode early. I'm figuratively looking at OG because I'm like, huh? Yeah. What's she talking about? <laughs> we were talking. Well, yeah, because like, like there's lots of things mentioned in the myths that reference things that we don't have. They, like there are stories that obviously existed at one point, but not gotcha. anymore. Exactly. Okay. So there. that is basically like half of ancient Mediterranean history. And you end up becoming specialized in reconstructing books from mentions in shit that did survive. Ah. And, okay. you know, that always has its perils because you're like, oh, this person was biased. This person didn't believe him. This person had an axe to grind, blah, blah, blah. But um, we have snippets from Pythias's book. Uh, in Strabo, who was a big dude in ancient geography, Pliny, the guy who died in Pompeii, remember? In oh, his, yeah, we remember his name. Yeah, Pliny in his natural history mentions Pythias. Hmm. And 
we actually know the title of his book, although there are, you know, two uh, interpretations of it. One is Taperitu Okeanu, or Things About the Ocean, and uh, then there's uh, something Periodis Geese, or uh, Trip Around the Earth. So, okay. Yeah, I don't know how you get confused between those, but, you know, it's a couple hundred years, I guess. I don't know. But because his book doesn't exist anymore, we're kind of fucked in terms of actually knowing where his voyage started. And I do mean literally. Because... If you're trying to get out of the Mediterranean and you're starting from Marseille, if you're sailing, you're going to sail through the Straits of Gibraltar, which is like uh-huh. that little teeny tiny pass between uh, the tip of Spain and tip of Africa. And oh, that was really okay. the only way in and out of the Mediterranean. But it was occupied by the Carthaginians, not cartilage, Carthage. <laughs> Modern-day Tunisia. Okay. So remember in the Zeus and Europa episode, we talked about the Phoenicians and how they were like hot shit for a second, and then mm-hmm. they got squished? Yeah. That's kind Barely of like Carthage. remember that. Okay. Got so, it. So, <laughs> yeah. Carthage was like hot shit for a second, and then Rome was like, fuck you. I went the gold <laughs> star because I remember there you yes. go. You get unlike, unlike other Jen who admitted that she does not so much. <laughs> well, I did put together a little map for you guys. I see. Mm-hmm. And it I has labels. That. It does. I even, because the print was so small, I tried to make it a little bigger. And yeah. you made arrows. I love that. I did use arrows. So yeah, (laughs) but so the thing is, Carthage might have controlled the Straits of Gibraltar, but they weren't really pissed off at the Greeks. The Greeks were like, you know, hey, Carthage, how you doing? And Carthage was like, yo, we're fine. Go ahead. So it was the Romans who couldn't get through. And because they were writing a lot of, you know, the history about Pythias later, they're like, oh, yeah, he must not have been able to make the journey because he couldn't get through Gibraltar. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, he, he could have gotten through Gibraltar if he wanted. So he might have sailed right through or he might have snuck through because one ancient writer is like he sailed close to the shore and only at night. Which uh, mm. sounds dumb to me because you don't have giant city lights and it's fucking dangerous to sail close to the coast at night. Sorry. I Yeah. I'm calling shenanigans. And yeah. then there's a third option, which is actually probably the most likely. So if you go back up to that little map, you'll see there are a lot of rivers that oh, branch mm-hmm. up from Massilia. So we think that uh, Pythias probably traveled inland because there were really well-established roads and trade routes up through um, Gaul. 
And he caught one of these tributaries and then sailed it to the coast. And that's where he picked up his boat and his crew. Because wait, okay. so the had the boat and the crew get there. He he hired them there. They're native uh, to that okay, area. Okay. Yeah. So he, it wasn't his boat. No, and no. Crew. He wouldn't. It was he yeah. hired a boat and exactly. crew when he got there? Exactly. Because I mean, okay. if he had to go all the way around Spain, that would add like fifteen hundred miles. To his okay. journey, mm-hmm. which it seems silly and wasteful, especially when they, um, you know, were so used to trading and traveling inland and using these rivers to like zip up, you know, into Gaul and the Celtic settlements there. But I'm just going to say, be glad I don't math. Because otherwise, I would treat you to a little lecture on the multiple origins of Greek measurement. Oh, dear. As it is, I have a chart that I put in there for other gen. Oh, my God. Oh. It's a conversion chart. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so conflicted because I can't read half of this. I don't know what half of this is. Oh, wait. There's a column that says modern equivalent. Mm-hmm. There's like... It's Half actually of pretty this is Greek letters. It's interesting how they actually have figured this out, though, if you think about it. Oh yeah, yes. And yeah. and uh, ironically, the pus, which is means foot, and podes, which is the plural for feet, apparently, <laughs> legend has it, it's based on the length of Hercules's foot. Oh my gosh. So literally the foot we use is oh. one Hercules foot. Wow. <laughs> okay. There's a either a deep dive or a re-education episode topic of how did the US end up using feet inches? Where did that all come from? That's yeah, we need to dive yeah, into that. I think that's a re-education thing because I'm pretty sure we need to blame the British, but I I need to uh, verify that before I blame. <laughs> I'm writing it down. <laughs> Gold star, Jen. <laughs> so when are we getting to the Vikings? Eh, right, right now. Well, no. I mean, I lied, but I didn't lie because, like I said, we're talking mostly about the British, but it's closer to Norway than Greece. Just saying. (laughs) That's a stretch. Shut up. (laughs) I'm doing my best here. You are. You are. (laughs) So Pythias called the people of Britain Britannicae, or, you know, Britannics, and As per usual, this is kind of the tourists' attempt to rename a culture they can't pronounce. Like in India, there's the river Ganga. How did the English get Ganges from Ganga? Huh. Like literally. Okay. Ganges, Ganga. Yeah. And... The people Pythias would have encountered would have been known as the Pritani, 
which roughly translates to people of form. And by form, they mean art. So it kind of means picture people or tattooed people because they were known for their war paint and tattoos and carving shit in rocks. (gasps) We heard about carving shit in rocks last week. Exactly. See? I get a gold sticker now, a gold star sticker. I'm running out of gold (laughs) stickers here, guys. (laughs) But you can't really blame Pythias because it's not like they spoke Greek. Um, They spoke a form of language called P-Celtic, which it, it has to do with etymology. And even I was like, whoa. Too much of a chart there. But basically, (laughs) this ancient form of Celtic stretched from Britain all the way down to the coast of Croatia. Wow. And while it's a good chance that Pythias spoke some peak Celtic, it was probably a more Massilia local dialect, Mm, which would mean he was fucked in terms of understanding the Britannicae. Ah. which means he probably had to hire interpreters all along the way as he reached every different region. Oh, wow. And that also means that he ended up with a game of interpreter telephone through the multiple dialects of P-Celtic. So like, you know, the chief would say something to the translator who would speak just enough of the other form of Celtic to say it to the other translator who said it to the other translator who said it to him. Oh, my God. Wow. But okay. like, I kind of think it's really cool that they actually had people who worked as translators that you could yeah. hire and, you know, just like. It was a thing because they were already trading with Europe because they were trading tin. And we'll talk about tin in a second. Oh, is that why they're called the Tin Islands? Mm-hmm. Yay. So, I get another gold star sticker. <laughs> oh, my God. I now know I what graphic something. I need. <laughs> so, again, like most tourists who think they are from a superior culture, Pythias seems to have thought that the Britannicae were a simple and charming people living in rough thatched huts, storing their food in the ground and eating simple bread. Oh, that's what he encountered? People living in thatched huts? This is the Roman interpretation of Pythias's work. And the Romans had some grudges to work off against the Greeks, but also they, Britain was an issue for them. So, you know, it behooved them to portray the British as simple savages who need the refined cultural guidance of the Romans. Not that that sounds familiar to us or anything. No, of course not. We've never encountered anything like that. (laughs) So the Uh. Tin Islands are called that because the tin that came into the ancient Mediterranean was mined mostly in Cornwall along the southern coast of England. 
And the reason why tin was so important is you can't make bronze without it. Ah, right. We talked about that not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And as we know, the ancient Mediterranean was big into bronze. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and if you watched Poldark, you know that that's why in Cornwall, he has a big tin mine, see? What, wait, what are we watching? <laughs> You've never seen Poldark? I've never it's heard like of just, Poldark. You should watch it. It's just like hours of this brooding man standing on like the Cornish cliffs and riding his horse back and forth. And it's oh great. My God. But he looks beautiful doing it. <laughs> oh, he's very beautiful. Oh. It's, uh, I forget his name. Aiden. Was, yeah, Aiden. Yeah, Christians. Yeah. Aiden, whatever, something. Yeah. He was in The Hobbit. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, now you Aiden, just ruined Aiden it for Turner. <laughs> yeah, a- Aiden Turner. Aiden Turner. Yeah, Google Aiden Turner Poldark, Jen, and you'll understand. Um, okay, pulling it up. <laughs> so while she's doing that, um, Tin was, once it came up out of the mines in Cornwall. Oh, my goodness. I see? told you. Hello. <laughs> You need to watch and it. we'll now be doing a summary of Poldark <laughs> on the next episode. <laughs> I, I, I clicked the images yeah. option in results. There's a mug that says Mrs. Aiden Turner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hooray for Cornwall. If if I don't respond, I'm just drooling over these pictures. If you short out your mic, you know what Kim's going to do to you. Uh, Okay, closing the tab. (laughs) I believe you can watch on Amazon Prime. Oh, and there goes the rest of Jen's day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, uh, after Tin came up out of the mines... It was brought to an island called Ictus, and then merchants from the continent, like from, you know, the coast of Gaul and Jutland and, you know, the people who would trade all the way down, came to this island to make their trades and purchases, and then they would trek it down the Rhone to the southern coast of France and from there into the Mediterranean. Okay. But what, where the fuck is Ictus? It has four options at the very least. I'm not going to go into them, except to say it's not Mont Saint-Michel, even though the island and the way it's described is pretty close to what it would be because the island was basically surrounded by by a natural tidal causeway. So at low tide, you just took your little, you know, cart and donkey and you went and got your tin and then you trotted back before the tide came in because the tide came in really freaking fast. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, original Jen, if you would help us out with this little nugget, <laughs> see what I did there, from... <laughs> Diodorus Siculus, who is interpreting Pythias 300 years after the fact. Okay. The inhabitants of that part of Britain, which is called 
Bellarion are very fond of strangers from their uh, from their intercourse with foreign merchants <laughs> are civilized in their manner of life. They prepare the tin, working very carefully the earth in which it is produced. The ground is rocky, but it contains earthy veins, the produce of which is ground down, smelted, and purified. They beat the metal into masses shaped like knuckle bones and carry it off to a certain island off Britain called Ictus. During the ebb of the tide, the intervening space is left dry, and they carry over to the island the tin in abundance in their wagons. Here, then, the merchants buy the tin from the natives and carry it over to Gaul, and after traveling overland for about 30 days, they finally bring their loads on horses to the mouth of the Rhone. So there you go. All righty. I felt like I watched an episode of Poldark right there. There you go. Minus the um, beautiful brooding man standing on a cliff or riding a horse. Exactly. Minus the eye candy. (laughs) (laughs) So Pythias, you know, he's like, oh, hey, hi, Tin Islands. He sailed his way around Scotland, um, calling it, uh, calling the furthermost, uh, island he hit the orcas or in old norse the orkneyar which is how we get the orkney islands and then the name of a whale orcas yep because you can also see orcas off the coast of orkney oh okay maybe that's where the whale got its name i don't know because i was like oh that's another wikipedia tab that I, I am not going to click on. Okay. Because <laughs> there was, I fell down another kind of rabbit hole. So Uh-oh. it's on to Ultima Thule. And that is not a pay-per-view wrestling match. It literally <laughs> means end of the world, which for the ancient Greeks and Celts meant Iceland. So that's the, I'm making air quotes, literal end of the world that Pythias supposedly sailed beyond. Exactly. So he went past Iceland. Well, um, possibly. So this being ancient history with uh, too many names and not enough data points, Thule could also be the Faroe Islands, the Shetland Islands, Norway, and maybe even Greenland. But based on the amount of time he described sailing to Iceland, we think it's, to Thule rather, we think it's Iceland. Um, And as he sailed to the coast of Iceland, he also became the first Greek to cross the line of the Arctic Circle. Which, I mean, if you live on the British Isles, like you were probably sailing up and down the Arctic Circle, no big deal. But if you're, you know, a Greek, ancient Greek, like that shit doesn't happen. Okay. And they called it the Circle of the Bear. Because Who called it the Circle of the Bear? The, the Greeks? Greeks. Okay. Because of the constellation Ursus. Okay. You know, Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. Right, right. So Big Bear, Little Bear. I love Big Bear, Little Bear. But they called it the constellation of the Circle of the Bear, which, um, and they would describe, you know, the bear winds or the, um, you know, the ice of the bear or the anger of the bear, which was kind of fitting, I guess. 
Like so, that's their term for a nor'easter? Probably, I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. When they finally encountered it, they're like, shit, who fucked who fucked with the bear? Who pissed off the bear? <laughs> um Pythias seems to have been a fairly unemotional, even tempered, and almost clinical like recorder of his travels, which is kind of amazing and yet another one for uh Columbus because of you know, think of the crazy shit Columbus and all those guys, like just over a thousand years later, would write about like natives with faces in their chests and shit like that. What? Oh. oh I'm writing that shit down for questions. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Pythias was like everybody had the correct number of fingers, toes, all limbs and extremities in the correct places. Like, you know, he was just like, Okay, they eat a lot of bread. <laughs> but, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, uh, fantastical, except on his way back, about a day's sail from Iceland, Pythias apparently encountered a frozen sea that actually really shook him up. And from this was the rabbit hole I fell down, and it's haunting. So there's a lot of issues about exactly what the translation is of what Pythias is quoted as describing. So, you know, several hundred years later, and they're quoting him, but I'm going to make my own contribution to ancient nautical research and call it fucking disoriented, heaving slushy ocean with horizon obscuring fog. That sounds accurate. I love that. So while the ocean itself never freezes all the way, there are obviously also icebergs. There's also drift ice. And actually to this day, the surviving description Pythias had of made of drift ice is seen as the standard basis <clears throat> in teaching ice navigation. And like I said earlier, it's basically a layer of ice slush and chunks that heave with the waves and combined with ocean fog can totally disorient a sailor, making him even feel like he has been sucked into a cocoon where everything is like breathing. Oh, that's Ew. creepy. Yeah. So, Other Jen, will you read Strabo's description of Pythias's description? <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so this is telephone here. It's me reading what somebody else wrote that somebody else wrote that somebody else wrote. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Pythias describes matters concerning Thule and those places, we have quotes, in which neither was earth in existence by itself, nor yet sea, nor vapor, but instead a sort of mixture of these similar to a marine lung in which the earth and the sea and all things together are suspended. And this mixture is as if it were a fetter of the whole existing in a form impassable by foot or ship. That's the end quote. The thing like a lung Pythias himself had seen, but other things he was told by hearsay. So, oh my god. So hearsay, it, it's, this is like freaky. Well, so I'm going weird. to ask you guys to cut and paste uh, 
the oh, uh, link. Shit. You're going to make us. I know. Yeah. But I actually, f- it took me forever, but I actually found what they were talking about. Breathing <gasps> sea ice. Okay. We're going to click on the link. Here we go. Or copy paste it. It's wow. Okay. Why didn't you make it a live link in the notes? I don't know why it didn't turn into a live link, but. Okay, this is an interesting little clip. Yeah, it's basically, it, it. what we're looking at is stock footage, and I don't have the $200 to right. buy it, but it's this gently heaving sort of, it really looks like the rise and fall of a chest, you know, yeah. when somebody is breathing. That's kind of creepy and right? cool at the and same time. There was a second one that um, I found the same guy did it. And you can see again on a bigger scale, like the rise and fall of the surface of the ice with the tide underneath it. And it's very disorienting. Because it's so gentle, it just makes your horizon tilt a little bit this way and that way. So That'll trigger vertigo. Yeah. Well, and so I then found um, at the – in the National Galleries in London, there's an exhibition of this photographer of his work uh, with – Uh, sea ice and this photograph um, Thomas Joshua Cooper at the world's edge. And you can see again, it's that same sort of slushy ice with fog horizon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here it is on a slightly less foggy day, but this one is from um, beachcomber strange history. And, you know, it's, I just go back to that, like, like gently rising, falling sea ice. And I've done a lot of sailing, actually, in my life. Okay. I've, well, my ex uh, was on the coast. His family was on the coast of Maine. So every summer, we just went up and were constantly on the boat. Okay. And, you know, it, you really do have to have a even – um, you know, close to shore, th- a fog can roll in or, you know, the light can distort and you really do have to know <laughs> where you're sailing and how to read, you know, navigation signs and make sure your equipment is working. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, I can see why this would freak them out because they didn't have this kind of phenomenon in the Mediterranean. And what would the Mediterranean – I mean, obviously, they're not going to have these chunks of ice, but is the water doing that kind of gentle rise, or it, is it, it – It's It tends to – I mean, the fog has a much more, like, predictable pattern there. Okay. In terms of, you know – and also the Mediterranean had been, by this point, for several thousand years navigated and explored. So people really, you know, 
there were well-established sailing routes and trading points and maps. There were no maps for what Pythias was doing. Right. So he's like, I'm out here and I really need to see a star at some point. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of what's confusing for both the ancients and uh, us today is the fact that the translation of marine lung also refers to a kind of jellyfish because what? of course it would. Ugh, okay. Yeah. So Iceland or, you know, the island formerly known as Thule was about six days sailing um, north from Britain. And then he sailed one day sort of northeast before he turned back. And that put him in that like Arctic circle frozen ocean. Okay. And then because why do things the easy way? He do detours on his way back from Thule or Iceland to what is modern day Jutland, off the coast of Denmark. Okay. And that sounds like Jotunheim. It kind of does. Hearing. I know. Yeah. I know. And was Loki there? Yeah, probably. Possibly. But there was Amber. He's like, shit, I found out where Amber comes from. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, that's about as far close as we think he got to the Baltic regions, but for 325 BCE, that's pretty fucking impressive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would have been able to do that in 325 BCE. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, are, are there others that have made journeys of that much distance? Um, I don't know. Well, so... On Iceland, they have found Roman coins. You know, the Vikings, again, we're talking, you know, a thousand years later, but they made it to the New World before the um, the uh, Columbus expeditions did. And, you know, interestingly, if you look away from Europe, there are people, there are explorations like ancient explorations, people sailed out from India to the coast of Africa, you know, and that's discovering the edge of the world for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the Chinese, uh, they posit that, you know, the Chinese may have sailed as far at one point as like, uh, the co coast of South America. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, cultures that were like, well, shit, let's just point the boat in this direction and see where we end up. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And a little less plan than, than some of these others. Yeah. So unfortunately, because, this is a lost book. We don't really know anything about what happened once he returned to Massilia, whether he went on a second voyage, what kind of reception his work had immediately on publication, or even if he made any money or how he ended his days. He was yeah. not getting the Amazon share. I know. I know. And that's why he went into podcasting. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> what we do know for sure is that none of the fucking Romans could agree on whether they thought Pythias was an actual amazing explorer or whether he was a nut job. But whatever, fuck the Romans. Wait, what do you mean by nut job? They they think he made it all up? Yep. Kind of nut job? <gasps> yeah. Oh. So the final photo here is I photographed the map in my book that shows the probable route he took. Okay. So you can see he, you know, uh, sailed up along the coast of ancient France and actually ancient Burgundy was <laughs> a big stop along the trade route there. And then he sails up by Cornwall, the Orca Islands, <laughs> <laughs> and then up to Iceland and the Arctic Circle down the other side of the UK. Hello, Jutland. And then back down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And there you have it. The fucking end. And I'm done with more slumber. I don't care how many weeks are left. You brought this on yourself. I did. I did. And I'm never doing it again. <laughs> okay. So we'll be right back after this with questions and shit. We now return to the Drunk Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. Yeah. So do I get to ask my question? I I, I was going to say first, though, because it's very important, but there was a missed opportunity when we had to look at the the chart. With all the conversions, uh-huh. Jen, you mentioned about how all of the Greek was there, and you really should have said, it's all Greek to me. Oh, damn. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. The regrets uh-huh. of a Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to yeah. find the uh, drawings of natives with heads in middle of chest. Yeah, what the heck is that about? All right, so basically... Who said that? Columbus? um, This was... I'm going to copy this image, and I'm going to paste it. Oh, shit. (laughs) ah, Come on, cursor. I'm going to paste it in here. Okay. I kid you not. That's oh my god. Yeah. So uh, let's see. You got to give me the link for that too. Holy crap! Mm -hmm. What the? What? They have no heads. Yeah. So this eyes are like the pectorals. This is the uh, from a 1603 edition of Sir Walty. Walter Raleigh's discovery of Guyana in 1595. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm very no. confused. Yeah, and they they were... Hair. Like, I thought this was like where they painted a face on their chest. No, yeah. no. This is what they literally thought. This is what they thought they were looking at? Mm-hmm. Were they high? What were they smoking? What's they were the probably uh, they were probably eating but, uh, fermented rye bread. 
But again, if it's translations of translations, it could have been where they had painted faces and then it got mistranslated to become this because this is just insanity. Uh, No, this is ostensibly like literally the guy who went along to do the etchings. No. Well, I don't know. I don't have an answer for this unless it's a race that has died out. But (laughs) (laughs) that damn smallpox wiped everybody out. Oh, oh my God. This is just nuts. They, there's no head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have eyes where their pecs are. I'm like, can imagine Terry Crews. You know who he is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I've I've got vodka today. I'm the I'm the only one drinking. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can nuts. find some more of these bizarre images. It's it, it's part of why I'm like, this is why Western civilization needs to sit in the quarter, sit in a corner and think about what it's done. But wait, okay, so who's, yeah, you said Sir Walter Raleigh's crew mm-hmm. are responsible, somebody in his entourage. Yeah, this is what they thought of. Uh, the people. people. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. It's horrible. I can't wait to post this on our website. Everybody, this is going to be in the for anybody who hasn't looked for this stuff. We're getting all of these graphics and images and silly maps that Kate shares. They go on our website drunkmythologygals.com click on not to scale and you will see all this insanity (laughs) oh my god okay i think it kind of looks a little bit like pod dog (laughs) yes the dog on the right yeah are you talking about the people in Uh, air quotes both (laughs) <laughs> but hot dog just jumped up into my lap. Look at where their hair is. Like, it, yes, it's so weird. Anyway, <clears throat> but yeah, I, you know, <sighs> this was 1595 AD. Okay. Okay. Pythias was like, yeah, I saw some really interesting marine phenomenon in 325 BC. You know. Okay. Who's the crazy ass explorer now? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I actually didn't have time to go into this, but, you know, I want to know more about the kinds of ships he would have sailed, like what he would have had to eat along the way, bring with them, like, you know, it, how, how, you know, would they dress? I know furs and stuff like that, but you know, there's just so many questions I have about sailing. Right. right. <laughs> you know, he. I presume he knew he was going into colder climate. Yeah. <clears throat> he he knew that going in. Mm-hmm. Because you said he was what was it a geographer and yeah. astronomer? Yeah, I mean, they knew. Was, were those the two words you used? Yeah, and they had. Yeah, okay. You know, they had records of travel up into Gaul and snow and things like that. It's not like he wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, okay. So he gets up there 
all the way up to the Arctic Circle. Yeah. To Iceland. And He's probably like, fuck, I didn't. <laughs> I should have packed another layer of fur. <laughs> and you wrote a question in here. Was Iceland populated? Did he encounter population mm. natives um, or? It's interesting. And Anyone? I don't necessarily have an answer to that. I I do recall coming across a tidbit that, yes, there were some settlers in Iceland at this time. Okay. But I don't think it was very many, and it might have been just a seasonal thing. Like Okay. They, well, no, because, like, you know, they would go in certain seasons for whaling or for fishing different okay. areas. So you're not it, talking about, like, the vacation home on the Cape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure even back then they're like, hmm, where would I like to go for a vacation? <laughs> or the snowbirds, as we call them along the East Coast. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're like, well, you know, when you're young, you get your backpack and you're like, I want to go hike Iceland. And then you uh, get a little older and you're like, fuck that. Where's my beach? <laughs> for anybody who may not understand the term snowbirds that describes people here along the east coast of the united states that their primary residence is up in like the new york area or massachusetts massachusetts anywhere in that those boston new york city kind of Mm -hmm. greater area yeah they're called snowbirds because the theory or the idea is that before the first snow up there, they hightail it down to their winter home in Florida. Mm, where Just like the geese. Where original Jen has to deal with all of these yes. nut jobs driving yeah. around. <laughs> it's terrible. <sighs> Suddenly you go from uh, Florida man driving to Florida man and mass hole drivers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But, or uh, the New Yorkers who don't drive until they're in Florida. Right? <laughs> yup. <laughs> so you got all the retirees. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're trying to get OG out of Florida, and Kate and I are like in this. We're fighting war. over custody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Anyway, so there you go. I I I tried my best and I would like to say I personally think like the heaving slushy sea is the highlight for me cuz it's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get so rarely to use video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I call that video. It's footage. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. footage. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and uh, there's bound to be more footage somewhere, but it's just, I'm like, come on, somebody's got to have, or maybe they were all just seasick and they're like, screw it. I'm not picking up the camera. <laughs> uh, you know, if you've ever seen The yeah. Deadliest Catch. Yeah. I've heard of the show, but oh, I've never. Oh, I love The Deadliest Catch. Never watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So who were the people who accused him of making this up and being a nut job? That was the Romans? Mm-hmm. What? Pliny? Is there, is there any 
truth to that? Is there any possible truth that he did make all of this up? So I think, I think there may have been, I think it really comes down to, there was probably confusion um, because, you know, creating maps and naming places wasn't quite the specific science it is today. Sure. And so, you know, nobody today knows where Ictus Island is, but they all knew where Ictus was. But, you know, I guess I think that, I think he thought he sailed further toward the Baltic than he did. I don't think, I think he got maybe as far as Jutland, but he thought okay. he got like much further. Sure. And okay. so I think he probably was trying to reconstruct in his memory and make certain things fit. But I don't think he made it all up. Like that's that's a lot of specific stuff to make up. Gotcha. You know. So either either he really did experience all of this. Mhm. Or he was a Ravenclaw and knew how to lie. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that like he did. I don't think he made it to Norway. He thinks, okay. I think he thinks he did, but I don't think he did. Okay. Um, I think he probably sailed the way he knew and went mm -hmm. up to Iceland back and you know, he talks about a triangle of navigation, mm -hmm. which basically would fit what he did in going around the British Isles. Yes. Because it's I kind of a that. triangle. Yeah. So that's that's what I got. Okay. And, you know, he got somewhat close to the source of amber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, hey, this is where tin comes from. Check that shit out. Probably saw some orcas and heaving ice. So that's what I got. Interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still hung up on this artist from Sir Walter Raleigh's crew. Yeah. That's, I've not been able to like actually think about anything else. I'm going to have <laughs> nightmares from that. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to show this to my husband. He's got his, you know, master's in illustration. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, so, I love it. yeah, I'm not drunk. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm not either. I don't I'm, even have a good caffeine buzz from this tea. <laughs> I'm. I'm drinking more. I'm. I'm trying to drink away that image. <laughs> there you go. So for next week, I'm out of Norse member energy. So who knows what the fuck it'll be about? We may yeah. just do a reading. Cause, yeah, because that could be fun. I will. I'll. I'll figure something out. Ooh. Well, as we record, if we stay on course, it'll be just before Thanksgiving here in the United States. Um, any sort of readings about meals? I know we had the dining hall with Loki, the tell-all. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's actually another with with feasting, uh, which was actually the myth that I used for this novella. Oh. So if you want something like that, oh yeah, you could talk about that one. We're doing there, it. Good there's parts. Actually two, there's actually two feasts in that in the whole part of the myth. Mm. But okay, we're yeah. doing it. And good parts for Kate and and like. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll see. You know what? I'm fine to just sit <laughs> she can out be the goat and be like, she can be the goat, <laughs> or she just needs to reprise her role as Thor, who's very angry. Silence, or I shall hit you with my hammer. <laughs> he actually hits a lot in this one. He tries oh. to hit the children. He tries to hit a giant because it snores and keeps waking him up. Oh my god! We have <laughs> and he's to just do like. This. And then he gets hangry because he can't get to his breakfast, like for real. And so he also tries to kill a giant a third oh time. Oh my god! Because the, the giant's this... trying to be helpful to carry his breakfast, but he ties the bag too tight. <laughs> and so that's how Thor decides <laughs> to take care of the problem, like this: smash his head. I understand why <laughs> Thor is angry. I really, really do. And and Loki's just there, like, let's not kill the children. Let's just try have a good time on this on this adventure. Uh huh. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. This has well, to happen. That sounds like a fabulous way to go into. And a- doesn't this sound like every family gathering yeah. we go through these days in the modern world? Somebody is snoring. Somebody wants to kill the kids. Somebody's yeah. just trying to enjoy the weekend. And I think, like, yeah, basically the the, the the drunk uncle or just someone's just drinking the whole day. That's yeah. That's Loki in this. Just like, just let's keep going and not. There you go. About it. Yes. Awesome. So as that episode drops, it'll be right on the backside of Thanksgiving and it'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, on Black Friday, we can also drop a uh, another Russian fairy tale. Oh, another one. Well, we should like we've got two more. Oh, okay. Because remember, we did Maria Morevna. Right. And then we Mm -hmm. have... uh, Vasily saw the fair and Snegorochka. Okie dokie, if you say And I so. love saying that name. <laughs> Snegorochka. <laughs> it shall be. There we yeah. go. And that's so, over on Patreon. Yeah. yeah. And look, if there's nothing like more mafia, like <laughs> don't do the dumb shit, did the dumb shit, <laughs> talking no. animals, like literally SMHing. <laughs> It would be Russian fairy tales. I, I'm like totally falling down this rabbit hole of the Russian folklore. I'm loving this. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, don't forget to add yourself to our social media scrolls on Instagram at Drunk Mythology Gals. Or on Twitter at Drunk Myth Gals. Shut up. Why are you laughing? What is so funny? Well, we skipped... I don't know where did Instagram even come from. Oh, it's right there. Oops. <laughs> I thought you got out of order. Fucking Ravenclaw. <laughs> Facebook. Drunk Mythology Gals. Or on the web at drunkmythologygals.com where we've got merch including the festive Fenrir mug. Yep. Yep. So, so cute. Or Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. Which is where we do all of our like Russian mafia mythology. Yes. <laughs> Fenrir crossovers. There we go. 
And we have new email address. How long do we keep calling it a new email address? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just copy and paste the, this part of the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> gals at drunkmythologygals.com. And yes, I'm still checking two emails because I've not paused to log into the old one and forward it to the new one. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, special thanks to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Um, please subscribe. Uh, hit, hit that ratings star button because we could use some good ratings from our listeners. Please. Thank you. And <laughs> also tell your friends and family about us, especially if they don't believe that you happen to actually sail off the coast of Iceland <laughs> because <laughs> your description of heaving slushy sea is completely unbelievable and they're like the Romans, so fuck them. Finally, always remember, if the gods can behave badly, so can you. 